Welcome to Running in Pursuit Podcast, a weekly podcast where we discuss what it looks like to follow after Jesus in ministry and everyday life, as well as another passion of ours, sports. I'm your host, Dusty Durbin, pastor of Big Level Baptist Church, and I'm alongside Connor Pounders, youth pastor of Big Level Baptist Church. Live from Wiggins, Mississippi, that's running in pursuit. Connor, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. We uh, had a little bit of a stressful week. We've had things break down at the house. And so, you know, when they say things happen in threes, I typically don't, don't you know, not superstitious. I'm not superstitious. Yeah. But it's been in threes this week. And so it's yeah. been a, it's been a uh, interesting week. But, you know, no matter what's going on, we always trust that we serve a God who's in control. That is right. God is good in anything. So... Uh, any anything you're planning new right now? Any 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 new farm animals you've added to your to your farm? No, um, no new animals yet. Um, but we do still have our 35 chickens that are running around. What we have been trying to do is Kristen has raised the new flock of 20 um, as they were babies, babies underneath the carport. Okay. So now they think that's just where their house is. Um, so now they're getting a little bit older, and we're trying to put them in with the other chickens. Well, the mm. other chickens are very protective of their house. <laughs> That's their home. Um, so it is <laughs> it is hilarious every night. Those chickens know that they need to go into that house, mm. and they all, 20 of them, try to fit in there with the other 10, and those other 10, man, they would just run them off. Really? And it's so funny because they out they outnumber the other chickens and it's just it's it's a time every night trying to get them all in at one spot but i think they're starting to get into uh, i don't blame them man because it's not it doesn't look like a lot of room for 35 chickens yeah it's just small small little playhouse so now we converted y'all don't have any more rabbits y'all just have the chickens yeah all the rabbits um we tried our rabbit stuff that didn't work out so shout out to bob the bunny man for making us some cages. Uh, I'm living in a weird world now that I got married. We, we <laughs> a world out. that I never knew about. <laughs> That's funny. Well, let's let's move on to our topic today. Uh, and, and today we're going to be discussing salvation. As we, as yeah. we run in pursuit of Christ, uh, we run in pursuit of Christ from our, our intimate personal relationship mm. with Jesus. And so we're going to talk about uh, w- kind of what is salvation and what is the gospel and things of that nature and okay. what does that mean for us and we uh, we'll see how much we can get through today. We may end up making this a two part uh, okay. podcast. Yeah, uh, depends on on how long we spend in, in some time of discussion. So, um, all right. So for those out there listening, let's talk about um, salvation and some questions that go along with it, and maybe you can you can elaborate and answer it. Okay. okay. All right. So first off, what what is salvation? Yeah, you know, we see we see the word you know, saved or salv- form of salvation multiple times throughout Scripture, and so, for instance, Romans uh, Romans chapter ten verse thirteen, uh, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord uh, shall be saved. So we have to ask, well, what does that word saved mean? Many people will ask and say, well, what do I need saved from? I, I know where I'm going. I'm, I'm yeah. not in any danger, right? Uh, we associate being saved most of the time with a, a physical sense, uh, or at least what we, a tangible sense of danger that we can see or touch. But we we are we are in danger spiritually 
because of our sin. Uh, when Adam uh, took a bite of the fruit in the garden in Genesis chapter 3, uh, we see this also tied to uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 12, that sin has now spread to all mankind, and not just sin, but death. Through Adam, the first man, uh, sin and death has spread to all people. And the death there is, is both physical and spiritual. And so while we may not be in, in immediate physical danger, we are in eternal danger, uh, separated from God in a place called hell, where where you know, we look through Scripture and we see the descriptors of hell. And, and it's a place of fire and a place of torture, of agony, a place of uh, eternal darkness. But... What really makes hell hell is the absence of Christ, right? And and so while people may say, well, what do I need to be saved from? What do I what do I need salvation? I'm I'm safe. I'm okay. The truth is, apart from Jesus, you're not safe. And so you ask, what what is salvation? I'll give you my definition in a minute, but I want to read Kenneth Keithley. He wrote a, a section called "The Work of God and Salvation" or "The Work of God Salvation." In a theology for the church that was edited by Danny Aiken, who's president of Southeastern Seminary, and Kenneth Keithley teaches at Southeastern Seminary. In that article, he defines salvation this way. He says this, he says that salvation is the work of God that delivers us from sin and its penalty, restores us to a right relationship with Him, and imparts to us eternal life. Now, I'm going to read that one more time. Kenneth Keithley defines salvation as the work of God that delivers us from sin and its penalty, restores us to a right relationship with Him, and imparts to us eternal life. Now, I'm not going to give a better definition than that. Okay, that to me that encompasses really what salvation is. And so, if you're going to ask me, put it in your own words. Uh, my own words is this: salvation is being delivered from the wrath of God, uh, from the penalty of our sin, and is restoring us then back into a right relationship with God, assuring us of eternity with the Father. You now you say, well, that's a play on words. That's basically what Kenneth Keithley said. Like I said, yeah, I try to put it in my own words, but he has a great definition there. And, and if I'm going to shorten it up, I, salvation is, be, is being delivered from God's wrath and, and given new life. If I had to put it in a very short sentence, uh, that's what salvation is. Um, and just to add to that, I think if you're looking back at the dangers of why we don't realize it is because we're blind. We're right. blind to our sin. Right. Um, and God gives us that gift of faith and he, get, he, re, he reveals it to us and we come to faith and repentance in Christ and um, give our lives to Christ. And that's when we start living for him. Um, so I think that that's a great um, yeah, definition. Yeah. Paul, Paul really, really makes that statement too. You know, the gospel is a fragrant aroma, fragrant aroma mm. uh, to those who are believers. Right. Um, but to those who are lost, um, it's not a fragrant aroma. I can't, you know, and so here, here's the thing. We, we are, apart from Christ, we are spiritually blind. And we don't see our need. And that's that's where the Holy Spirit comes and convicts sinners uh, through the Word of God, through the conviction, 
the wooing of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God that we we come to realize our eyes are open and we come to realize that we are sinners, mm. right? Uh, and in need of a savior. So, so what is salvation? It, it is, it is God delivering us from his wrath and restoring us into a right relationship with him for all eternity. Uh, there's a, there's a statement that, that I like to, that I like to, uh, to say, and, and I, truthfully, I cannot remember who who said this? I, I can't remember where I read this, but but the, the statement goes like this: God saves us by Himself, for Himself, from Himself. So let me repeat that one more time: God saves us by Himself, for Himself, from Himself. Now, so I want to be very very clear when we talk about salvation: it is a work of God. From beginning to end, God saves us as He, as He, as the Spirit of God through the Word of God convicts and draws us to the Father. God delivers us from His wrath. He removes our sin. And as Paul says one day in Philippians chapter uh, 1, verse 6, he's sure of this. Paul says, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work will complete it on the day of Christ Jesus. Well, uh, so God begins and God completes our salvation. The question is, how do we obtain that salvation, right? Mm, Well, that salvation is obtained not by our works. It's by the work of Christ, which gets us to the gospel. Yeah, so what is the gospel? I know that we here at Big Level, we use, um, or we've started to adopt uh, the three circles. Um, Kind of of using that, I mean, obviously there are different ways, and that's not, we're not strict on that, but... um, it's just a, such a simple yet easy way to share the gospel with people. Right. Yeah, the, the three circles is the method of evangelism that I've just kind of bought into. It's simple. I can write it down very easy on a napkin if I want to, or uh, I don't need, if I'm talking to somebody, I don't have anything to write on. I can just share uh, with them the three circles. And, and just a reminder, the three circles are God. Uh, he's creator. Uh, we, are, we, we are sinful. Our God, He's Creator, and created us in His in His image. We're broken, and the reason we're broken is because of sin. Mm-hmm. And then the last circle is the gospel. And uh, the gospel then is is in a very quick, well, he, one line gospel comes from First First Corinthians, chapter fifteen, beginning in verse three. It says so for I First Corinthians chapter fifteen verse three. Paul says, For I have passed on to you as most important what I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. So here's the gospel, right? Jesus died, He was buried, and He rose again. Yeah. Being fully God and fully man, Jesus went to the cross as a sinless Savior, He died a torturous death, a brutal death. And on the third day, he proved that he was God and he made salvation available to all people. So those of us who are sinful and eternally separated from God can be restored back into a right relationship with Jesus and and with the Father. And that is through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ Jesus. So the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of you Jesus. you got to have it. It's essential. It's essential, right? You can't have one part 
of that. So if you only focus on the resurrection of Christ, which is great, but you miss the cross, you miss the gospel. Mm-hmm. If you focus only on the cross, which is essential, and you miss the resurrection, you don't have the gospel. Right. If, if Jesus would have just died and was placed in a, in a tomb somewhere, there would be no salvation. He would be like any other little G God that is not real, that are not that are made up in the, the, the minds of people, um, or would have been like any other prophet. Right? Mm-hmm. But he wasn't a prophet. He wasn't just a prophet. He wasn't just a good teacher, although he was a good teacher. Uh, he was God, his God, and not just was, he is God. Yeah. He, he, he came, he lived a sinless life, he died, and he rose again. He ascended to the right hand of the Father. And one day we have the assurance that he's coming back. So I, I don't want to get off in the weeds real quick. So we know what salvation is. It's being delivered, right, from, from God's wrath and, our, and the penalty of our sin, restored into a right relationship with Jesus for eternity. The gospel, then, is how we find that salvation. And that's through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's essential that we realize that we don't find salvation, the forgiveness of our sin, the, resur- the restoration into a right relationship with Jesus in our own works, now, there's nothing you and I could ever do to earn God's favor. There's nothing we could ever do to earn our own salvation. We are not justified or made right with God by our works. We are justified. We're made right uh, because of Christ. And it's the righteousness of Christ that is given to us for all eternity. I think it's just it's so humbling to think about um that God would God would even save us you know yeah. even just I mean if you just think about it it's just it's amazing to even think the fact that we have done so much um, against him yet he loves us yeah. um, just thinking about you know just thinking about when I was saved and all the things that I've I've done and sinned even today, um, in just the past 20, 28 years that I've lived on this earth, that he would still yeah. call me his his children, you know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the beauty of the gospel. It is. Right? Yeah. We we are sinners deserving of death. Romans 3.23 reminds us that uh, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, Romans 6.23 tells us the wages of our sin is death. Romans 6.23a. And so when we look at the scriptures, we deserve the eternal punishment of God. Uh, as sinners, we deserve hell. And and God would have been justified completely in Genesis. And when, when Adam and Eve sinned and Adam rebelled against his authority and his word and said, you know, I created you. I gave you an opportunity to follow me and to live in relationship with me. You've sinned. You've rebelled. That's it. But he didn't. He didn't leave us in a state of sin and rebellion. He made a way for our salvation through the death, burial, and resurrection of his son. You know, what we see in, in, in um, Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 4, uh, I'm going to turn there, okay? And, and I want to read this passage because it's such an important passage. It reminds us that, that Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection was not a second... Uh, Option. It was not a plan B. It was, it, it was God's plan all along. And so, in in Matthew uh, chapter four, uh, 
listen, listen to what the what the the prayer of the church is. Beginning in verse twenty seven, it says, "For in fact, uh, Acts four verse twenty seven. For in fact, in this city, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, assembled together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. Now listen, to do whatever your hand." and your will had predestined to take place. This word predestined, many people get scared of it. And, and what it means is to preordain. God had a plan already in place because he is omniscient. He knew that mankind would sin and rebel against him. And his plan to bring about that forgiveness, that restoration, that salvation, that deliverance, right, uh, was through the second person of, uh, of the Trinity, God the Son. And so even before he created Adam and Eve, God had a plan to redeem Adam and Eve because he knew what Adam and Eve would do. And he had a plan to redeem us because he knew that we would rebel and sin against him and they're incapable of bringing about our own salvation. And so that was through Jesus. Right. And so does that make sense? Yeah, and I, I would... I would just say, just say this, just to go back um, to what you're talking about a while ago. Like God, God was completely justified in what He He would have done or what He could have done because mm-hmm. He's God. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the very, very first things that I teach our newer students that come into our youth group, um, and they think it's just the most theologically uh, astounding thing, and it blows their minds. Right um, when we start talking about salvation. Um, would you rather God be fair or would you rather God be just, right? Yeah. And, of course, some of them, a lot of them will tell me, well, I'd rather God be fair. Well, you, want, you want God to be fair. Mm. You want him to be fair, right? And then, well, why would you want him to be fair? And then they'll say, well, you know, he get, we, we all get an extended uh, amount of fairness. You know, everything that we do is going to be fair. And I say, well, if God is fair, then we've all sinned and we deserve hell. That's that's the truth. That's that. That is, is fair. That is fair. Yeah. We all deserve to not be with him at all because we deserve hell. But if God is just, he sent Jesus mm-hmm. to die on the cross for us. That's right. Therefore, I mean God is just and he is completely justified in what he wants to do. Yeah. Either way, you know. That's right. Um and it just completely blows their minds as far as yeah. As a it's, as a young as a young kid, but it, it's definitely humbling. Yeah, to know that the God we serve looked out in in His own uh, timing through His knowledge and saw the rebellion of His creation. Yet His unconditional love flowed through the cross of Christ. Right. And that's humbling for me. Yeah, and my favorite verse in Scripture is Romans 5.8, mm. uh, when it says that God God demonstrated His love for us, that even though we were sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. Uh, favorite verse. You know, I, I know this is maybe a little bit off topic, but not much, but let me, let me say this. If you're listening today and you're struggling... Um, Maybe you're going through difficult time. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're just even doubting your salvation, and you're doubting how could God love you. God loved you before you loved Him. 
And he proved his love by sending Jesus to die in your place. And, and the moment, the moment under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you, you believed, truly believed who Jesus is and what he accomplished for you. And you trusted in him alone for salvation and surrendered your life to Jesus as Lord. He removed every sin you have ever committed, your past, your present, your future sins. He, he washed you under the blood of Christ, and He has adopted you into His family, and He calls you His. You are no longer under the penalty of sin, but you are clothed in Christ. And no matter what you face, you are a citizen of heaven. And you long for that day. And so when we talk about salvation, that, that is what we're describing. Through the gospel of Jesus Christ, through the death, burial, and resurrection, sinners such as I and you can be delivered from the eternal wrath of God, restored into a right relationship with Jesus, and have the assurance of eternal life in the presence of God. That's really the, the, the one grand narrative of Scripture. It's the, the story of redemption, of salvation, right? That uh, God is holy, man is sinful, uh, the gospel of Jesus, death, his death, burial, and resurrection, and our response. And, and, and while God saves us and completes our salvation, man is responsible. And, and what do we, what, what, how do you respond? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this passage, and we're going to pick up in, on this topic next week, and we'll make it a two-part topic. But, but I want to read John 3.16. You know, everybody... Or I don't want to say everybody, okay? Uh, if you're in church, if, you, if you've grown up in church, grew up in church, you, you probably have heard this verse. Uh, maybe you've heard it other times. Maybe you haven't. But listen to what John 3.16 says. It says, For God loved the world in this way. He gave His one and only Son that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. So here's the salvation, right? Apart from Jesus, we'll perish. But, I won't, but in Christ, those who believe in Christ will have everlasting life. Now, I want to drop to verse 18 because this is a verse that I think sometimes gets left off or not talked about enough. So listen to what he says. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned. But anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. We talk about salvation, it boils down to it's the work of God through Christ alone. And we only find salvation by complete and total trust, faith, belief in who Jesus is and what he accomplished. Going back to, to 1 Corinthians 15. So I want to I want to I want to bring it to, to this point. I want to answer those two two questions. If you feel like we've kind of uh, chased a few rabbits, let me bring it. Let me bring it to this: salvation and God, the gospel is what we talked about today. Salvation is God delivering us from His wrath 
and from the penalty of, of, of our sin, restoring us into a right relationship with Him, granting us the assurance of all eternity. Kenneth Keithley has the best definition. Yeah. And then the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. God is holy. Man is sinful. We're eternally separated from Him. Jesus died in our place as our substitute on the cross. The wrath of God was poured out upon Him. 1 John chapter 2, 1 and 2. And every person who responds in faith and repentance under the conviction of the Holy Spirit is delivered from the wrath of God and is granted new life in Christ. Maybe, maybe you're, you're listening and maybe you've never, you've never come to a point in your life where you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus. Will, will you message us on Facebook? Uh, you can go find us a Running in Pursuit uh, podcast. Uh, we'd love to talk with you, uh, yeah. and and uh, you messages will will you can give us your phone number and we'll contact you. Definitely, uh, please know we're praying for you. Uh, normally we talk about sports, but I I want to I want to end a little different today. Okay, uh, is that okay with you, Connor? Yeah. Um, we're not promised tomorrow, are we? No. And I don't know how many of you are listening here today. If you're a believer, if you have this assurance of your salvation, let me encourage you, don't hold that to yourself. Share that gospel with others. Be a faithful evangelist. Be a gospel carrier. There are people around you who do not have a relationship with Jesus, and you have what they need. Be faithful to share that gospel with them. If you don't have that assurance, understand this. You cannot buy your way into heaven. It doesn't come from your pastor. It doesn't come from a family member or your church. Your salvation comes by grace, Ephesians 2.8, through faith in Christ Jesus alone. Will you come to a point in your life where you say, you know, I'm a sinner under God's wrath, but I believe in Jesus. Will you fall on your face wherever you're at and just say, God, I need you. I'm hopeless. I'm helpless. And I don't know where I'm going to spend eternity. But I want to trust in Jesus in this moment. Let me pray for you uh, as, we, as we close. Lord, we love you. And we thank you for the salvation that we have in, in Christ alone. We thank you that, Lord, you have delivered us from your wrath, that you saved us by yourself, from yourself, for yourself. God, I pray for those that are listening, for the followers of Jesus, that, Lord, we will be faithful to carry your gospel to the world around us. And God, I pray for those that are listening, if they don't have a relationship with Jesus, that in this moment, under the conviction of your spirit, you will draw them to yourself and they will place their faith and trust in Christ alone. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, uh, make much of Jesus in your life. Pastors, ministers of the gospel, if you're not preaching Jesus, preach Jesus. Let him be the center of your message. Charles Spurgeon once said, Preach the text and make a beeline to Jesus. Well, friends, as we conclude today, as we seek to run in pursuit of